Well, hello again, everyone. Big, big thank you for joining us today, New Hope Radio. You know, it's so good to listen to the Word of God as often as we can. And that's why we try to be here every day, Monday through Friday, 1230 Eastern Time, Saturday, 3 o'clock as well. You can catch us on Life Changing Radio, 1590 AM, 92.7 FM, that other talk on FM radio. So we're glad that you're here. Had a good topic. We're going to continue with our series, Life Lessons from Bible People. I love looking at the characters of the Bible and deriving lessons for our own lives. You know, we spent some time in the Old Testament. Now we're venturing into the New Testament. Today we're going to look at the woman of mystery. Who's that? Who's the woman of mystery? You know, sometimes the very thing that should draw us to God is the thing that keeps us from God. It isolates us. It moves us away from Him. And it causes us to lose all hope. But we will see a woman today who used that very thing to draw near to Him. And you know what that thing is? Sin sin. You can either cause sin to drive you from God, or you can let your sin draw you to God. Think about that. Life lessons from Bible people. That's what we're looking at today. We're going to be in Luke chapter 7. We have a scene before us that causes Jesus to respond in a very unexpected way, according to some people. We're going to pick it up in verse 36. Now, one of the Pharisees was requesting him to dine with him. Jesus, you want to come on over my house for supper? And he entered the Pharisee's house and reclined to the table. Now, there was a woman in the city who was a sinner. Now, the word sinner is the word hamatolos. And it means, yeah, to do sinful things. But it literally means to miss the mark. You know, if you don't get a bullseye, it's a sin. That's basically what sin is. It's not perfection. Short of perfection. Everyone (laughs) has missed the mark. Some more than others. She really missed it. You could say, as we will see, that she was a well-known sinner. A lot of people knew her because of her sin. But here's the great thing about this woman of mystery, because we don't know her name. She didn't let it stop her from seeking out Jesus. I'm like, are you kidding? This is revelatory. She didn't let her sin stop her from seeking out Jesus. Like I said earlier, just a minute ago, you can let your sin drive you from the Lord, Or you can let your sin draw you to the Lord. And you know what she did? She let her sin draw her to Jesus. Now, question. How does one get to this place of being so steeped in sin? I mean, how do you get to the place in life where, like, everybody in town knows you're a sinner? You know how you get to a place where you get steeped in sin? 
Because it gets easier every time. Every time you sin, it gets easier. Hmm. Think about it. Lying. You know, every time you lie, it gets easier to tell a lie. Stealing. Every time you steal something, it gets easier the next time. Gossiping. Talk about people. It gets easier. It was more fun. Drunkenness. See, sin becomes, the more you practice it, the easier it gets, the better you get at it. But maybe she heard Jesus say one time, I came for those who need a physician. And she thought to herself, you know what? I need one. I need a physician. And there's a beautiful principle here. A little self-honesty can go a long way. How many people rob themselves of a, of a relationship with God because they're not honest with themselves? By not being honest with themselves, what I'm saying is they don't acknowledge that they have a need for a Savior. I'm all right. I'm okay. If it works for you, I'm happy for you. I'm okay. They're not really being honest with themselves. Introspection would reveal we all need a physician. We all do. Every single one of us need the healing touch of God. But it takes introspection. It takes self-honesty to get there. This woman had it. Hey, maybe she was a sinner. But she was honest about herself. So we get to verse 37. When she learned that Jesus was reclining at a table in the Pharisee's house, she brought an alabaster, alabaster flask of ointment. Now, she brought some beautiful perfume. Fragrant perfume. And she came in the house and she stood behind Jesus, as servants would do when they waited on a guest. See, when a guest came into someone's house in those days, the servant would come around and they would basically wait on that guest. They would take care of their needs as they came in the house. And verse 38 says, Standing beside behind him, she went, and she was at his feet. And she was weeping. And she began to wet his feet with her tears and kept wiping them with the hair of her head and kissing his feet and anointing them with the perfume. You know, when the Bible says that she was weeping, this is a lamentation as a sign of of grief and pain. You know what she had? Heartache. You think she was happy with her life? No. You think she was wrapped up in this sin and she felt like she was stuck there? Yes. You wish, do you think she wished she could make changes but she didn't know how? Yes. She was wrapped up in grief and in pain and her tears flowed so much she could actually wash Jesus' feet with them. It's a lot of tears. You know what? Something happened to her that day. 
You know the the beautiful thing about meeting the Lord? It only takes a minute. A second. Get that? Change your life. Jesus can change your life in a moment. In a moment of time. It's like she looked in the mirror and saw not one but two images. She saw her image as a wicked sinner. But she saw his image as a loving forgiver. She said, I know I'm steeped in sin, but I also know he was he is rich in mercy. Wow. And I want you to notice what she was doing for Jesus. She washed his feet with her tears, dried them with her hair, kissed his feet with her lips, anointed his feet with a perfume. What was she doing? She was honoring him by refreshing him. Now remember, we said she was a well-known sinner. Oh yeah, all the guys knew her. But in verse 39, when the Pharisee who invited Jesus over for supper, when he saw what this woman was doing, he said to himself, he didn't verbalize it. He didn't move his lips. He kind of thought it in his mind. And you know what he said to himself? If this man were a prophet, he would know who and what sort of person this woman was who's touching him. She's a sinner. If he was really a prophet, he wouldn't let her touch him. Like I said, he didn't blast it out for everybody to hear. He just kind of thought it to himself. You know, like sometimes when you hear something, maybe you're sitting in church and you hear something from the pulpit and you don't like it. You don't voice disagreement, but you say to yourself, yeah, man, I ain't doing that. <laughs> Forget that. He's not telling me what to do. Did you ever do that? Did you ever listen to your pastor and he says something and you're like, Forget it. I ain't doing that. Well, if you said it to yourself, that's what this Pharisee did in the house. It's in the heart. I call this heart talk. He said it to yourself. So verse 40, even though he said it to himself in his heart and nobody in the house heard it, you know who heard it? Jesus. I'm like, are you kidding? Yeah. Jesus heard it. You know why? (laughs) Jesus can hear our thoughts. I'm like, holy smokes. He can hear our thoughts. Imagine hanging out with Jesus, walking down the street, and you're thinking something, and he knows what you're thinking. You might be walking down the street, looking all holy, and you see a nice girl. Oh, boy, isn't she nice? And Jesus like, hey, watch out. What, Jesus? I I heard your thoughts. <gasps> wow. <laughs> you had to be really careful when you hung around with Jesus. So this Pharisee, he's thinking to himself, he's, he's kind of judging this girl. And Jesus heard him. And Jesus answered him. Now, the guy didn't even ask a question, but Jesus answered him anyway. He said, Simon, I have something to say to you. And he replied, say it, teacher. And then Jesus proceeded to tell the story of two debtors. And you might be familiar with the story. 
One debtor owed someone a lot, a lot of money. Another one owed the same person just a little bit of money. And the person that was owed the money forgave them both. One was forgiven a lot. One was forgiven of a little debt. And then Jesus popped the question, Simon, which one will love the one who forgave the debt more? And Simon answered and said, I suppose the one whom he forgave more. I didn't suppose nothing. You know, he's like, well, I suppose. You know, he, he didn't want to give Jesus an inch. He could have said, well, the one who was forgiven more. But no, it was like, well, Jesus, I, you, okay, you caught me. I suppose. Sometimes you want to whack people like that in the head. But Jesus didn't. He said, I suppose the one whom he forgave more. And Jesus said to him, that's right. You judged correctly. And Jesus said, I came into your house and you didn't wash my feet, as is customary to do for your guests. But she washed my feet with her tears. She wiped them with her hair. She poured out her very essence upon me, Simon. You didn't greet me with a kiss, as is customary. But she has not stopped kissing my feet. You didn't anoint my head with oil, as is customary. See, Simon, you violated all the traditions of our day. But she poured expensive perfume over me. And then Jesus said, For this reason I say to you, Her sins? Oh, they're many. They've been forgiven. And Simon, you know what the result is? She loved much. But he who was forgiven little, eh, loves little. Jesus is trying to get Simon to understand two things. Number one, the depth of sin and the riches of mercy. That's what he's trying to get him to understand. And you know, that's what all people need to understand. The depth of sin. Hey, maybe your sins go deep. But God's rich in mercy. Where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. So when you realize just how much God has forgiven you, you know, it changes everything. Everything changes. The disciples, when they realized who Christ was, they left their boats. They left their nets. They left the fishing business. When Matthew met Jesus... And he realized who Christ was. He left his tax booth. When Paul had that epiphany and realized who Christ was, he left the Sanhedrin, the highest Jewish council. D.L. Moody, when he discovered the grace of God, he left the shoe store. He was a shoe salesman. He went on to become a great preacher and evangelist. I know a man, this is going back a few years, he left being vice president of a bank to become a pastor of a small church. See, when you meet Jesus, things change. 
and it turns your life around. And the more, oh, I like this part, the more you realize you've been forgiven, the more you're going to love him back. If you only think you've been forgiven of a little, you're going to love God a little. But when you understand, oh man, I've been forgiven of a lot, then you love God a lot. So that's why Jesus turned to the woman and he said, your sins have been forgiven. Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. I like it when Jesus says, go in peace. It's like, it's like the cherry on the top of the Sunday. What's the Sunday without the cherry, right? Kind of finishes it off. Go in peace. I want you to live the rest of your life at peace. The peace you've always been looking for. You know, maybe all those sins you committed looking for peace and you never found peace. But now you can find peace. And I want you to go from here. And I want you to be at peace knowing you're forgiven. Knowing God is rich in mercy. And he can turn your life around. Oh man, that's the message of this story. God can turn your life around. Will you let him turn your life around? So, in this series, we like to look at the strengths and accomplishments of these Bible people. Her strengths and accomplishments, she saw she needed a physician. She did. She says, she was, see, she had a great quality going. She was introspective. She looked at herself and said, I know I'm in trouble. I know I'm not all that. I know I'm on a wrong road. And she didn't let her sin prevent her from going to Jesus. See, a lot of people believe the lie today. And they think, oh, I'm not worthy. I'm not good enough. They'll even use that. I can't go to church. I don't fit in with those people. If you're a wicked sinner, you fit in just right. (laughs) Come on in. That's what it's for. She didn't let her sin prevent her from going to Jesus. Mock that down in your head. And then she honored him. You know, she poured out her soul upon him. Her very essence. Simon couldn't even greet Jesus at the door. Couldn't even have a servant be there with a a bowl of water and a towel to refresh him and wash his feet. Couldn't even do that. She poured out her essence. Her innermost being flowed to Jesus. Yeah, she had weaknesses. She was a well-known sinner. She didn't just sin. She sinned in a way that like, okay, everybody knew it. Not like us. We have secret sins. Right? We have sins, but they're secret. Nobody knows. Hers were very well-known. So we can derive some lessons for her life. And you know what we can learn? Forgiveness is available to those who want it. It's there. How do you get forgiveness? You just have to want it. You go to God and say, God, I need forgiveness. No problemo. I got plenty. You know what else we learn? Jesus does not reject the repentant sinner. He doesn't. He'll reject those that 
want to stay there and not repent and not look for forgiveness. But it doesn't matter who you are or what you've done if you come to Christ and say, God, help me. He will. He's got plenty of help to go around. God's forgiveness is greater than your sin. Like I said, which I really didn't make it up. I got it from the Apostle Paul. Where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. Better that Paul said it than me, because if I said it, it didn't mean anything. But Paul said it. He's writing scripture, which means God said it. So God is saying, where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. So are there any lessons for life for us in this beautiful scene? I got a couple. Lessons for us. Number one, don't let your sin keep you from Jesus. Don't do that. Don't let your sin keep you from Jesus. Don't let sin you drive you from the Lord. Let it draw you to the Lord. Just like you let your sickness draw you to your doctor. Why do you go to the doctor? Because you need a physician. Why do we go to Christ? Because we need a physician. Because we need forgiveness. Because we need help. That's why we go. We need help. Secondly, honor him by refreshing him with your life. Refresh the Lord with your life. How do you do that? Oh, sing praises to his name. Live a life that brings glory to him. Make your life count. Demonstrate that you've met Jesus because your life has changed. And I'm going to tell you something. If you really did meet him, it will change. But if you're not changing, well, you really didn't meet him yet. You didn't meet him. You didn't have that one-on-one. <clears throat> you didn't have that confrontation yet. So you got to look at your life and say, oh, maybe I thought I did, but I never did. Have my, am I changing? Am I becoming like Christ? Have I left the old things and gone after the new? I'm still dabbling in the things of the world. I still love the world. Jesus said, you know what, man? It's one or the other. You can't love God and love the world because if you love the world, the love of the Father is not in you. You can't love God and you can't love the cosmic system, the devil system. So let me give you an action point. It's always good to have something to do when you hear the Word of God. Here it is. Think about how much God has forgiven you. Think about it. It takes time. Sometimes I sit and reflect and I'm like, oh yeah, man, as I go over all the years of my life, I look at all the dumb things I did. Let me tell you, I've done some dumb, stupid things. No doubt about it. If there's a crown for doing them, I got one coming. And then I start thinking about all the forgiveness that God has given me. Think about how much God has forgiven you. How can you now live your life in gratitude to that forgiveness? He gave you a talent when you were born physically, and he gave you a spiritual gift when you were born spiritually. You know how you can live your life? You can utilize that talent and that gift for his kingdom and for his glory. Oh, yeah. 
You can give your life back to God. See, God gave you a new life. You can give your life back to Him. You have a talent and you have a gift if you're born again. Say, God, I want to present it to you. I want to use it. You know what your gift is? You got to discover it. And then you have to cultivate it. And then you have to utilize it. So there's three steps in the gift. Discover, cultivate, utilize. You gotta, you gotta, you start with the discovery, then you get better at it, and then you use it for the glory of God. That's how you can live a life that shows gratitude to who God is. I love the story of the woman of mystery. Kind of like our story, too. There's a little of her in all of us. And her story is very similar to our story. In the forgiveness and the mercy that she received, that's us too. The same forgiveness and the same mercy, that's us too. So use that action point. Get going. Become alive. And show God that you're serious and thankful for what he's done for you. Hey, I'm thankful and I got some good news. This Sunday, March 29th, 2020, at 10 a.m., we're going to be streaming our Sunday morning service over WARV. And the reason we're doing this, all the churches are streaming their services online. We know that. But there are many people that are not online. They're stuck. They can't get to a church service. They don't have internet. They don't have Facebook. They don't have YouTube. And uh, I'm so thankful that WARV is allowing us to pipe our service over the airwaves of 1590 on the AM dial, 92.7 on the FM dial, from 9 to 11. So if you're not online and you're not able to stream your church service, we don't want to take you away from that. And if you you don't have any way to be at a church service, join us Sunday morning, March 29th, this Sunday, at 10 a.m. And we have the 10 o'clock hour from 10 to 11. We'll bring you the worship. We'll bring you the message. It'll be a very encouraging message, lining up with a virus crisis that we're all experiencing. I want to give you hope. I want to lift you up. I want to build you up. It's going to be a great service. So tune in Sunday, 10 a.m., 1590 a.m., 92.7 FM. We'll have a great time worshiping God and being built up in His Word. Thanks for coming along today. I'll see you next time for more of New Hope Radio.